Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome, friends. Welcome to The Lucky Die. With new companions come new stories that weave into the tale of Bikron's fight against the blissful eclipse. Both of them have histories that reveal more of themselves and of the overall state of affairs in Kino. Although we have to bid farewell to one such companion for now, another is cautiously teaming up with the remaining members of Kino Initiative Task Force 10. Aron's death is also not the completion of his story. His experience in the stalking illuminates the workings of the spectres to protect souls from the natural inhabitants, and what offer Aron took that would ensure he would not return. Welcome to the second backstories and first end story of the lucky die in Kino. We investigate what sent Arlis into the path of Kino Initiative Task Force 10 and meets two very powerful figures with interesting language skills. The question is, how long can Arlis survive as an agent of the Assembly? We find ourselves next to a lake. find ourselves next to Haymanay Lake. To the north, there is Freedom's Bluff, which most of us have already come across. But to the south of that, uh, backing up against some trees, there is Haymanay's Retreat. Haymanay's Retreat is built into the trees themselves, otherwise small little wooden buildings. It's a small, bustling town. But it is where certain members of the initiative go so that they can have, let's say, clandestine meetings. One of those meetings are happening today. But before that meeting can actually take place, there is someone who we are about to meet, who is about to be in charge of making sure this meeting takes place. So, who are you and what do you look like, Travis? Which version of the truth would you like? (laughs) Well, we would like the truth as we're going to initially present it to the TRD audience. (laughs) So the things you want to keep secret, you can. (laughs) My version of the truth shall be forthright. I am Aelus, the Pentinent Sufferer, uh, a paladin um, of Ilmeter, who has a somewhat 
confusing past. He is uh, gray-skinned with yellow eyes, white hair, fairly short, um, cut on the sides, a little bit longer up top. He appears roughly 38 in human years. Um, He's 5'10", very lightweight, uh, and he's garbed in wooden armor that is immaculately polished, um, a breastplate made from iron wood. He also has a shield, uh, which is littered, uh, sorry, um, not littered. It is riddled (laughs) with iconography to the god Ilmeter, the suffering god, uh, the symbol being two hands with red cord wrapped around it. And uh, there's a certain weight and a haunting presence. Uh, Something is making him very uneasy. He's never fully standing up straight. He's it seems there's always something on his mind. And that is the gentleman that we we see. His boss is a female gnome. She has long white hair and she has the brightest blue eyes. She wears a small amount of leather armor, but it's very obvious from a simple glance at her, she is some sort of magic user. But she's also very important to the initiative. So much important that she's in fact on the council. But today's today's agenda includes meeting with someone she calls the contact. She Aulus? Is that how you pronounce it? Um I was gonna do with Aulus. Ah. Aulus. Okay. Aulus. I need to write that in really big letters. Arliss is essentially her most trusted confidant. However, there are still many, many secrets she keeps from Arliss. She approaches him on the morning in question, calls him into her room. It's a room that has been built into the highest canopy of the trees. So it has a beautiful look over Hamene Lake. You can see the little fishing boats out on there. You can see, you know, the uh, the birds flying across and diving down and catching the fish. Today is very calm. You notice, Aulus, as you walk into this room, that a few anti-scrying trinkets have been set up here and there all about the room. You know she's here to meet someone. You're not entirely sure who right now. Alas, please sit down. You summoned me, milady. Yes. Yes, I did. What What can I do for you? There is going to be a gentleman. A gentleman caller. No, not like that. Not this time. I have a gentleman caller, and he is very, very important. It's important that he makes it from the uh, nearest dark tunnels to meet with me without being spotted. Is this a task that you could facilitate for me? Of course. Uh, It shall be done. Good, good. Oh, while you're at it, could you make sure that absolutely no servants come up, that absolutely no one is going to overhear this conversation? I do not want a single person to know that he is here. I do not want a single person to know we are having a conversation. And when it is over, I want you to just pretend that it never happened. Clear? 
Shall I say you're feeling ill today, and that none should disturb you? A wonderful idea. Thank you. I knew I could rely on you. Do you mind if I stand by the door uh, to make sure this doesn't happen? Or shall I be away? Take a persuasion check. Um, so what did, what did you get? I, I, I clicked it, but nothing's happening. I'll just try rolling it. Oh, That's yeah. fine. I'll do it. It did. It, 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 it popped up three times in the chat. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, the first one was the real one, which was a, yeah. a 20. <laughs> okay, let's, uh, we're starting this one off strong. Um, I think that would be an excellent idea. Glad to see you're on the ball today. Well, off you go. He should be there any moment now. How will I know to look for him? He is roughly your height, has a goatee, and is wearing a green cloak with silver threads. And let's just say he has elven roots to him. You should spot him easily. Is there a name you would like me to identify him by, or a password, so I ensure that this is the right one? His name is Dei Chin. And the password you can use is Lightburner is ready. He should respond with, so is Shade Slayer. Uh, furious thinking, not typing, taking place, out of character. <laughs> uh, it shall be done, my lady. And I turn to depart. Okay. As you close the door, um, you see her beginning to set up many more anti-scrying wards and bringing out more anti-scrying um, trinkets. Do I happen to have anything on me that could act as a short wave um, listening device? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Do you have anything on your infantry? Do you have any spells that you could possibly perform? Oh, I, I've lost all of my spells when um, after the incident <laughs> that we don't speak of. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. The incident. Um, but I, I do have case, uh, a critical eye for these sorts of things, but I don't think I have anything magical that was given to me from default. Uh, no, uh, I, I would probably say not. Um, Fair enough. You do mostly rely on your keen drow slash elven senses. Um, they've served you pretty well. They're, they're good. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Um you make your way down to Haymanay Retreat. You know that a little distance south there is an entrance to the Earth Dark. Um, it's deep within the tree, uh, the forest itself. Um, you know that it is marked by a possibly the tallest, darkest tree. Um, it's a dead tree. Um, but for somehow it just still manages to stay upright, wind, rain, storm, nothing can rip its roots out. It's so old and so large. You make your way through the forest. It's probably about an hour or so trekking through. Um, is there anything you want to prep, do, or try and set up before you first meet this contact, the Dachin of Law? Um so for uh, Dejan, I would actually like to think of that lore and do my best to recall, uh, in a sense, possibly if I've heard of him in history uh, or in recent current events. 
Yeah, recent current events would be more accurate. With a 10? No. <laughs> uh, with a 10, you really don't get anything. Um, you know that uh, she has spoken with this person she, recall, uh, she has called the contact for a while. Um, you have a suspicion that it may be linked to an accident many years before, but you can't quite place that detail. Interesting. Well, um, plans. Would this be, uh, reason, would this potentially be reason enough to, uh, set action, certain actions in motion? Yes. Okay. I will attempt, uh, to identify an area on the path leading to or from potentially that might stage a good ambush. Okay. Um, in that case, I need you to roll a survival check or if you can argue any other stat, give it a go. Um, I would argue maybe perception. Okay. Go for it. Okay. Uh, it's actually <laughs> slightly higher than a 20. My perception has gone up by four since the, uh, the updated character sheet. So it's 24. You're looking for a place for you to stage an ambush or are looking for a place where an ambush could be staged? I'm very much interested in setting up an ambush, actually. Oh, oh okay. All right. So probably probably about 100 feet from... Um, you can see the dead tree uh, ahead of you. Um, and there's a, a very small clearing around it. You can see that within the uh, the lower portion of the tree itself, you can see there is a large hole. Um, it's covered over with like vines and you can see that there are like small bushes and stuff, but it's very obvious there is a hole there. You know what you're looking for. You can see it. Um, it hasn't been disturbed recently, uh, judging by the Grigoth, but, you know, it's definitely doable down into the earth dark there. About a hundred, hundred something feet out from that, um, there's a pathway, more like a goat trail, that leads uh, from almost directly straight from where the hole is in the tree. Um, there's a little goat path that kind of stops, disappears into the undergrowth for a little bit, and then pops out a bit further off to the left. Um, there are some trees that are very close together here. Um, the branches are low enough on one side that you can climb up and ascend and drop down from the top there if you wish. Um, there's plenty of cover in this area, and the undergrowth is quite thick. Um, with your 20 perception, um, you know where you could put your feet down and not cause too much disturbance. You know also that you could probably fairly easily climb these trees if you want. Hmm. Delightful. Uh, I won't set anything up just yet, but, uh, on his way out, uh, our, our dear new friend might not make it home. Okay. Take it in. All right. Let's see how this goes. Well, I, I keep walking casually, uh, maintaining my sort of, uh, proper something between a, a shuffle and a proud knight, not quite either side of the spectrum and, uh, okay. keep my eyes out also for other travelers on the road, but not too intently, just casually. All right. Uh, what is your passive perception? I don't 12. normally do passive, but it's a 12. Okay. I'm going to need you to roll a perception check, please. 
Sorry for all these rolls. Um, <laughs> 25. Holy cow. I love this. I've never rolled so good in my entire life. Uh, and not only was it that, it was also a natural 20. Um, uh, so side note, if it has a green box around it on oh. a skill check or an attack roll, it's a crit. Did you game the system for me? I've I've truly never rolled over a five <laughs> on average. <laughs> uh, well, on your natural 20, um, you notice as you uh, approach the tree and you're basically just almost there standing and waiting for um, um, Dacian to climb out. You're that much closer now. You can see that the... Um, the branches, the vines have been disturbed a little and you notice probably, you know, a good good 30 seconds before he actually approaches you, you can see this tall six foot something figure. Um, they have a hood over their heads. Uh, it, is, it is up, it's excu- um, obscuring most of their um, facial features. You can see they have a little bit of a goatee. Um, yeah, they don't appear to be carrying anything, but most of them are is hidden by the cloak. Um, the cloak is a... Today, the cloak is a very dark green colour um, with silver threading. If only my light spell was functioning. Okay, I'll uh, I'll just study them and try and f- look ha- focus on how they move so that in the future I can have a better understanding of how they carry themselves when they don't think they're being watched. And I wait okay. for them to appear. <laughs> They stand off to the distance for just, uh, uh, you know, a little bit watching you. They seem to be also in turn assessing you. Hmm. They step out, um, so they appear kind of behind you. They step out of the undergrowth and they say, Hello. Hello. Lightburner is ready. As is Shade Slayer. Hmm. Please follow me. They fall into step beside you. So, which one are you? Aulus, penitent sufferer. Aulus, yes. Kels has spoken at length about you. I did rather hope you'd be the one collecting me today. How wonderful finally getting to meet you in the flesh. They seem to like be tilting their head from side to side and, and looking at you. Um... Now you're that much closer and they're walking with you and you said you were keeping an eye on them. Oh, yes. You notice as they walk, their, their, their hood shifts very slightly and you get the distinct impression that this is not, this is definitely not a drow. Their skin is far too light. It's far too um, peach in colour. And as they move and as they kind of like pull their hood back over their uh, hood back over their ears a little, you can see that it's not quite as pointed as an elf's. This is a half-elf. Hmm. Half-elves and elves, as you would know, are not supposed to be here on Kino. Hmm. So, uh, may, without prying too much, I, I am curious, though. You've heard of me, and I know so little of you. That is how I intended it. Hmm. Well, it will stay that way. Uh, and I will be the one who knows the most. And that is all I know. Well, you're rather chipper. I love it when she sends deep, meaningful characters to entertain me. It's rather fun unraveling these mysteries. <clears throat> What's with the wooden armor? Full of questions, are you? Of course. I can't learn much about this place without asking questions. 
You notice that his common is a little bit janky. Well, there are particular things here. Um, sorry, your your common was distracting me. Um, you have a, a, a delightful accent. I won't ask where it's from, but I would. Uh, I could give you some pointers if you'd like. Why not? Anything to blend in with the natives. Uh, perhaps we should focus on some local regional dialects. We can discuss this. And I, I kind of talk with him about language uh, <laughs> and just helping him with that. You find that Daichin is a very quick study. Uh, as you um, correct a, a pronunciation of a vowel or... Um, indicate where there is a tonal shift in the pronouncing of a word, they pick it up very, very quickly. Um, you can see that it really was just rusty. Um, it had been a while since they'd spoken common Kino, as you guys would know. Um, and you guys make your way towards um, Heymane Retreat. I continue to get the end of the discussion. Linguistics quite fascinate me. And that's... Uh... It is delightful to speak with you on these topics. If we had more time to practice with you, I could teach you a whole multitude of languages, if that is your interest. Uh, but we appear to have reached our destination. This pleasant conversation must be cut short, I'm afraid. How do you intend to get us past these uh, peasants? I have my ways. Lead on, then. Um... Hmm. Do I know of any secret entrances or ways that uh, I could avoid prying eyes? Uh, take a uh, take a history check. You haven't been to this place very often. Um, you're fairly certain that. Oh no, <laughs> uh, you're, you're fairly certain that. Uh, you're fairly certain you know that there is one. You've seen some of the servants coming and going way quicker than you would expect. Um, With a history 19. To... Again, I have, I, I swear, I'm not like rigging this game. I just, I've not rolled under like a 50, I've not rolled under an 18, actually. <laughs> this is stupid. I'm so sorry. So, this nagging suspicion you piece together in your mind, you've been thinking about it on your way over and thinking about it on your way back. And as you arrive in Haymane, you stop for a moment and you watch the coming and goings of the people who are making deliveries, um, people who are coming and going from essentially the initiative's uh, safe house, inverted commas. Um, it's just a place they use when they're here. Um, you do, in fact, spot um, a fellow drow. Uh, she's carrying uh, an armful of uh, laundry and she's about to go clean them down at the... Um, Probably at the local cleaner, someone with prestidigitation, clearly not this young lass. Um, and you see her kind of like kicking back a bit of the tree and the bark pushes itself back into place. And it's almost seamless, except that you now know it's there. It's glaringly obvious on a 19. <laughs> hmm. I, I say, do you believe I'll be uh, escorting you back as well? That rather depends on my conversation with the young Miss Kells. Uh, we would not like to speak uh, names so uh, loudly while where we are, if that's okay with you. Of course. How forgetful of me. 
Please he follow clearly me. wasn't forgetful. He clearly didn't care. <laughs> um, okay. I pull him toward are the you s- secret. Sneaking across. Um, are you just going to walk uh, bright as day and push anyone out of your way? How would you intend to get across? Uh, I do my normal thing, which is um, trying to be incredibly respectful while walking through. And I look like I'm there with a purpose. And mm-hmm. I'm very. In- People know who I am. I'm fairly well respected throughout the land. And I'm just a night <laughs> yes, you are. doing my thing with uh, a guest, not necessarily someone else's guest, but just someone I'm conversing with who's wearing a hood. Okay. Um, in that case, can I get you to roll a charisma based stealth check? Um, I'll roll a 20 sided so dice and we'll, we'll start from there. 15 natural. <laughs> and my charisma happens to be. Uh. Uh, modifier of four. And if it's, I, I do have Plus stealth. your proficiency because you're trained. <laughs> this is the thing I do. <sighs> so on a 23? <laughs> I believe so. Again, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> As, um, no, don't, don't be sorry. This is funny as all hell. I'm hoping you're going to fail on the super critical stuff. Um, oh, that will. I will. So as 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 Station and yourself go crossing the streets to where the um the the kind of secret servants entrance to uh the, the initiative safe house is, um as they go walking across, you remind him to pull his hood up a little tighter and like bow his head a little bit more and just follow in your wake. Um you clearly don't want anyone to know that half hour's following you through the streets of Kino. Um but because of your well earned um, fearful respect that some people would have of you most of the crowds perhaps when they just see you crossing um, and they don't te- pay too much mind to your guest um, yeah on a 23 I won't make anyone else roll in I, uh, I also give yeah, one on gold piece like a full gold piece uh, as I uh, pass a random beggar in the street okay as I am prone to doing okay um, as you do this, uh, after you guys are kind of out of earshots of uh, most of the crowd, you're kind of essentially within like the, the grounds of the, the, the safe house tree. Safe tree house. I'll do that. Um, Daechin kind of, uh, leans over and, and says, as you guys are walking to a site. That was rather peculiar. What do you hope to gain by doing that? What does one hope to gain through penance and through acts of... Charity and valor. This whole valor and penance thing is fascinating to me. Well, this whole language thing is also fascinating to me. I hope to learn more about other accents you may have occasionally brushed with, uh, specifically dialects of Elven. That's a riddle in and of itself. They have really shifted through the generations from place to place, here and over in Discora. You drow here in Kino have strong, deep, very refined accents, whereas over there they seem to be very airy and graceful. They overpronounce their O's, and they put apostrophes in everything else as well. Rather peculiar. Don't know what to make of it, really, but still. Uh, could you uh, talk me through a few of the slight regional differences, specifically as it pertains to, and I do my best to try and understand uh, and without directly naming it, try and hear a little bit more of the Elvish that I had difficulty understanding earlier in the week. Oh, okay. I need you to roll a persuasion roll. 
this is where I fail. Because <laughs> this is actually quasi-important. Like tying your shoelaces. This is actually can... super important. Okay. Persuasion. Straight persuasion. <gasps> yes. Yes, 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 yes. 18. Uh, as you guys are making, um, I'm going to say as you guys are conversating, you've opened the door, you've begun to make your way up this very cramped, very narrow staircase. It's uh, circular and makes its way up and it stops on many levels. So you can see many servants passing in and out. As you guys are halfway up and he sees a servant, he puts a hand on your shoulder and pulls you to one side and lets the servant pass. And when he pulls you to one side and he he pronounces a couple of phrases in just straight up Elvish um, for audience who would be having a far away zoomed view, he's speaking Discora Elvish. And he utters a couple of very simple phrases. Um it's very difficult for you to kind of work out what he's saying, but you're going to kind of get the very vague gist that he's giving you a royal introduction. Hmm. Um, based on that, can you roll a straight intellect check for me, please? Straight intelligence. Uh, straight intelligence. Being rolled, I think. Do I just click it? Yes. Yeah. 16. Oh my God. <laughs> no modifier because hey. not very intelligent. It's just you're not very not very intelligent. You think at one point, since you're trying to connect something that uh, Kells mentioned earlier when she was speaking in a very odd, very different way of speaking kind of Elvish, the way that he's talking, the way he's pronouncing things, it is definitely Elvish that she was using. Hmm. So you would know she's using straight up Discora and Elvish. Okay. And this wasn't Discora Elvish that I heard earlier in the day, early in the week? Um Yes, the Elvish you heard earlier was straight up Discoran Elvish. Um, Delightful. The way things are pronounced, the way things that are said, and the royal greeting, the royal way of speaking that he gives to you. You're pretty sure that she was speaking to someone exceptionally high up. She used the same honorifics, the same kind of phrasings. Um, yeah, you would suspect that she is talking commanding someone in Discor and Elvish, someone probably of royal lineage. Mm-hmm. This is great information. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate opportunities. Again, linguistics being of personal interest to me uh, greatly. From one linguistic scholar to another, have you ever been tempted to peek over the other side of the world? I am but a humble paladin. Temptation is not my... Uh, it's not something I, I can think on or admit freely. Um, but whatever my lady wills, will be. Hmm. One does still see loyalty even in this day and age. Peculiar. Another thing about this place that completely baffles me. Ah, we appear to be somewhere important. Very close. Yeah, you've essentially guided yourself up to the top floor. You're right at the top of the canopy now. Um, there are a couple of servants wandering here and there, carrying plates and dishes and food and water and all the good stuff. Um, they take note of you, and for the most part, they scurry away. Um, yes, you frighten many people. Uh- <laughs> I, I inform him, uh, I, I will be stationed directly outside the door, and if there are any sounds of trouble, I will enter so that is all I wish to inform you of. Uh, but your safety is not in question. You shall not be interrupted. I'll personally see to it. 
Having such a strong, noble warrior like yourself makes me feel wonderful. Don't worry, I'm sure Kells won't attack me. I'm sure she'll be okay. Is there a shortage of warriors where you're from? <laughs> where I come from, everyone is a warrior. Nobility, perhaps? Honor? Where I am from... No. I think I'm done with this conversation. And he makes his way into the room. As you wish. Um... As he makes his way in, um, you see Kells approach him and uh, he gives her a formal handshake um, as the door closes. Now, Travis, what are you planning on doing? <laughs> so, keen elven ears being what they are, I stand, mm -hmm. exactly as I said, directly outside the door um, and just making sure no one approaches while, incidentally, the elven ears do their natural thing and listen for... <laughs> whatever might be being spoken, perhaps in Elven in the other room, in a different dialect, uh -huh. that I might have a little bit of a grasp on now. <laughs> um, you can add your character sheet at some point. You have very basic grasp of Discord and Common. It's not of Discord and Elvish. It's not massively different to Kino, but the pronunciation of things and the grammatical use is slightly off. So you're always going to be janky at least for a few years um you kind of maybe pick up a word or two um okay so <laughs> i need you i hate these rolls i need you to roll a perception check at advantage perception perception very lucky i have advantage uh first roll <laughs> being a seven which is what i said it would be second one being a 24 <laughs> on perception uh again i need to also star that one so it's actually 28 I don't know how to do that. All right. These almost godlike elven ears. <laughs> this almost godlike, <laughs> technically drow ears. All this is very in character. It's all very, very in character. I hate this so much. I could roll real dice if it they... would make you feel more comfortable. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I live and die by Roll20. They were, it, was, it was put upon me, therefore we live by it. And at least uh, some of our characters live by it. <laughs> harsh, harsh, I'm stop it. Um, they ex exchange a few pleasantries, but Dachin cuts almost straight into it. Unlike his very jovial, kind of almost flippant um, behaviour whilst you've been around, goes very stern as he delivers a very quick rapid-fire report. He talks to Kells about his activities in Discora bearing fruit and that he has put Shadeslayer on the path to joining their ranks. That he will be assembled fairly soon and that the wheels he had in motion are very well set, as is the chaos that he is spreading over there. He then asks her how her efforts are going. And on a 27, I'm going to give you everything because I hate this. She mentions that... She mentions that she has a fair few webs of creation, which, uh, as well as knowing many people that she could use to help her... I phrase that. She has many webs of creation... The other items required in the death of a god, being a soul of someone touched by that god or a powerful artifact, she knows where most of these are. 
She says that she has a few mages in her employ, shall we say, who are more than able to answer the call of opening the portal to the Sentinel plane. Yep, I'll give you that in a minute. Uh, Furious typing. <laughs> uh, they are talking in... Um, uh, they're talking in Kino Common. Um, so it's very easy for you to keep up with and understand what's going on. There is no dodgy elvish or dodgy gnomish of any type being spoken. Then they get down to the nitty gritty. He asks her which gods have died and she answers that Savras went down without a hitch. That yes, many orcs were died and yes, it's in a traditional fence, very big air quotes, sad that a bunch of orcs died. But she now has a bunch of orcs in her undead employ. You suspected for a while she's a necromancer. Now you know for sure. She mentions that the next one on her list is Ogma. She has a paladin. She has an artifact. Not the one she wanted, but a different one. And they're going to perform the spell in a few days. He then asks her what her plans are. What are your plans now? What order are you taking them down? We'll kill the god of morale. Then one of the big three. It would be smart to take out the god of morale, and more importantly, it would be fun. Let's make the world sad. When I was in Freedom's Bluff recently, I learned about this god of rebirth, Lethander. He seems like a good one to remove from existence. If the people can't be revived, oof, that changes the game. I don't know if we have the power just yet. But then again, if a few more of the orcs die on this crusade, well... I think with them added to my employ, we might be able to do it. I can always lend my assistance, if necessary. Of the big three, I would like it if we should get rid of Ilmata, god of penance and suffering. Won't that be good fun? I know someone of deep faith, stuck in his oath, and may be able to help in that regard. That would be good fun. You are right. Why not? I know a couple of relics of Lathander. Not a problem. We have a paladin of Ilmater. But a great artifact belonging to Ilmater? <laughs> That's not so easy. Well, yes. Let me see. I know of two. The bindings, also known as the Red Cord, can be found below Freedom's Bluff, below the cliffs, under a watery entrance. You should send someone now for those. Sounds like a plan. I like it. I'll send Ashna. If those aren't easily accessible, then Ilmater's bandages are in Discora, above a town called Yoli. Mostly people only know Yoli for the cheese, so it should still be there. If the cord doesn't work out, I'll get them next time I'm in town. You're not thinking of killing that rather wonderful creature outside, are you? It depends, but needs must be met. For the greater good of the blissful eclipse, of course. Such a pity. He had great cheekbones. Well, you're all going to go anyway. I don't know why I get attached. Apart from you, of course, my dear, we'll be seeing you once we're done with Bikran. Uh, no, no, don't have him see me out. I've places to be. You get a strange tingle of magic. 
in the back of your neck. And then you hear the walking of Kells walking over to the door and she pops it open. Please, come sit down. Yes, my lady. Is everything okay? Not a problem. Things seem to be working out well for us. I smile. Delightful. I have a bit of a mission for you. Please, sit. I sit down. I have a little bit of a situation. A woman running the KIT group, KIT4, has just mentioned to me in hidden communication that their leader, Adnlov Lady, a wonderful goblin lady, well, at least I thought she was wonderful, may not be acting in the best interests of the initiative, if you know what I mean. Of course. What can I do? She has made it so that I cannot scry upon her. I don't know what she's up to. She's never done this before. The artifact that she sent KIT-10 after, she refuses to hand it over. One of the Kit-4 operatives spied her using the relics that we sent Kit-10 to go after. She was getting information out of it. Now we need this item back. And Alice. We require her to no longer be a problem. It shall be done. Would you like, uh, what does the artifact look like and what is the name of the target? This traitor will be dealt with. (laughs) I need you to roll a persuasion check. I guess it's not really a deception check because I assume you're planning on doing it. Oh, I, I'll probably go straight through uh, with it, but I got a uh, a 12. It's my lowest roll. Okay. I will probably kill this person. <laughs> <laughs> the target's name is Edna Love, a rogue of some renown. She has a very specific artifact, one that belonged to a god, a scroll of Ugma. We want to make sure that it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. We don't want the bloody, awful assembly getting hold of it. The initiative should be providing security for it. I don't mean to ask more questions, and I normally wouldn't, but scrolls are not my forte. Um, Is there anything particular on the scroll I could identify it as not being different from the other scrolls? I simply don't wish to be tricked before issuing justice. With respect. Ma'am. Of course, of course. You're just doing your job. The scroll is plain. It should be within a wooden scroll box. When you hold it, something will probably happen. You'll either gain great knowledge or lose great knowledge. One of the two, depending on whether or not Agma is on your side. But of course, you're part of the initiative and one of my most trusted... No, my most trusted companion. You are too kind. I will verify the validity of the scroll, and I will return it to you. Uh, would you like any uh, additional proof that the traitor's been dealt with? I could bring you uh, anything you'd like. I'm not sure if you're trying to set an example, or if you would like this to be quiet. Bring me her hand. And make sure it is a bloody butchering. Make sure no one betrays the initiative again. To have them become of the Assembly, we are trying to wipe them out after all. Hmm. 
Shall I be doing this task alone or will I have a, uh, a team? I will send our best, some of the best initiative guards with you to Shivana to make sure you don't have a problem getting there. They will be at your disposal, but you'll probably find it easier to assault her. I mean, bring her to justice. <laughs> Can I request Jervins uh, to be on the team? Jervins. He's particularly, uh, he's particularly wonderful. Yes, of course. I will see they join you. It will take probably half a day for them to get here. They must get ready to teleport and the like. So I wanted to send you now, but I suppose we can wait for Jervins. Certainly. Uh, right hand or left, I smile before I depart. Either is fine. Doesn't matter. Okay. When you leave, you will probably know the following. If you're taking a carriage to Shilvana, you'll be passing Freedom's Bluff in a few days' time. You also know the information you have gotten will have to be given directly to someone in the speakers, uh, someone to whom you are working with. This information could not be trusted with a mere messenger. What do you want to do? Um, one other you question. You have half a day because of your random throwing in of a name. Oh, this is delightful. Uh, <laughs> well, I, in, in theory, this is the person who kills a certain player character. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a she. So this is going to work. I can make this work. This is beautiful. They um, okay. they, they kill my friend Jervins, and that's obviously I'm going to be a little Jervins. upset. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> um, for your information, Jervins is a very well armored, tanky little gnome. <laughs> uh, tanky gnome, awesome. Uh, Sir Jervins, <laughs> Ilmener, probably. Uh, or maybe. So Jervins, um, let me think you need to tell you about Jervins, the, the, the non-existent backstory I wrote for her. Um, Jervins never said words. Jervins is the kind of person that if you stab them in the shoulder with a knife and twist, they will pull the knife out and stab you back without making a sound. Hmm. This is a person who could probably be set on fire. You do, however, know they have a beautiful singing voice, um, but it only comes out when they're drunk and they rarely ever drink. So you've seen this like maybe twice. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, male or female? She's a female. Okay. Not my type. Okay. No, no. All right. And uh, another question. Um, yes. <clears throat> as I reach the doorway, I, I stop as well and, and say, uh, shall I be escorting your guest out or will they be staying here? Secrecy being as it is. They teleported out. They went on to do something else. But thank you for asking. Be on your way. Your will is done. I leave for my mission. Good luck. Thank you, my lady, and uh, for the initiative. You had half a day because of your wonderful creation of your gnomic friend. Um, in town, you find a contact of the assembly. It's a person you've never met before, but you identify them by the seven interlocking circles, which denote uh, an assembly member. They're owner of a bookshop called Telvale, and this drow, they send a message off 
and they they tell you to expect someone called Princess Boo. Princess Boo clearly being some sort of code name. They specialize in extraction. They specialize in making people disappear. Which is good for you because you need to maintain your cover. They will meet you. They will try and extract you from Freedom's Bluff, is what the contact tells you. And to just be ready. Okay. Uh, Is there any code phrase? None. The only thing you should know and expect is that outside of Freedom's Bluff, someone named Princess Boo will probably try to kidnap you. Can I can I add one phrase? Can I add one one little mini phrase there? Uh-huh. Be sure to hit me hard enough to make it look real. There must be suffering for it to be truly real. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess added to the bottom of the note, Princess Boo will make a note. <laughs> truly believable. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and we basically see Aulus leave half a day later with four companions, knowing that they will beat um, their small gnomic uh, plate-covered companion somewhere near Freedom's Bluff, as they will come to reinforce you on your way to Shulvana to assassinate Adenlov and retrieve a scroll. (laughs) Our second story is not a battle-world's past, nor his role in the larger scheme of protecting Kino. This is not his continuation, nor his rest in Cicero or battle in Bellum. This tale is about what happens when you step off the path that the Spectres have secured and take another path less travelled. The question is, what deal ensured he would not return to the physical plane? You wake up in a dark space. You are fighting a gnome, a A little armoured gnome, that's right. You decided you were going to go upwards, and that's what you were going to do. And now you're here, in a warm space, a safe space. As you become accustomed to this new place, it begins to brighten up, and it reveals your workshop, your tools, your traps, the place where you struggled for hours on end before you finally triumphed in making your new arm. You don't remember falling... You don't even remember taking flight, actually. But you know that you did, like a surreal detached memory that someone told you had happened. As you look around, standing by the entrance to your workshop is the skeletal frame of a humanoid creature with long horns that end in a a small curl. Somewhat smaller than yourself, however. They're wearing a comfortable black vest and long baggy pants, And as they notice you noticing them, they nod, a soft firelight glowing brighter in their eye sockets. Their wings are folded and tucked behind them. Welcome to the Stalking. I am Antlout. How are you feeling, Aron? Um... The Stalking? Um... I think I feel fine. Ron like looks down to see if like if he is fine. Like he's gonna inspect himself, look at his arms, the including the mechanical, if it's there. As far as you look down, anything that you have replaced with mechanics have been replaced here with mechanics. They are much a part of you as 
your other full-fledged arm as any part of your wings. I think I'm alright. All of my equipment is... undamaged. Fully functioning. It's like flexing his hand, his arm. Yeah. Do you remember? Did the memory wipe take? Do you remember falling? Vaguely. I just remember an armored gnome. I, I was thinking I was going to fly. I, I think I did. I thought I did. You, you did. Some of us like to take away that moment, that memory of death. It's very painful, traumatic for some people. This, however, this is... And she indicates your workshop. This is just a temporary area, you understand. You cannot stay here. But this is my home. It's my workshop. But you are dead. You're not a part of the living anymore. This is, for all and sakes and purposes, just an illusion. The illusion I created to make you feel safe. Death is an end. Death is also a beginning. And I have to take you from the lost space to Balam or Cicero. But I... I wasn't done yet. I'm not done yet. I didn't finish what I was setting out to do. There's still so much to be done. I didn't... I can't be done yet. A lot of people aren't done. So they think. You have two choices. I could take you to Bellum, where you can continue fighting, being fighting for the world. You could continue working out your anger. Or I could take you to Cicero. We don't have to struggle anymore. We can rest and think and work in peace until you become something more, of course. Aron is like furiously shaking his head. There is technically a third and a fourth option. <laughs> the third option is that I leave you here on the stalking plane without the protection of our spectres. Be left to wander this plane, seeing the material plane, never being able to touch it, influence it. You could watch your family grow old, have families of their own, see loved ones embraced by new lovers, you know, all the good things. Things meant for the living. You'd, of course, fall prey to the lost at some point, become one or devoured by one. That's your third option. You know... Life had a funny way of not giving me options. I had to make my own. I think I'll make my own option then. 
But thanks for trying to give me set paths instead of letting me just forge my own as I always do. And Aron's going to essentially attempt to fly through the wall since he's assuming it's an illusion. As you do that, the illusion around you shatters. You are in a cold, dead space. You see all around you the corpses of the slain. You see Gref and Ivaris talking to a drow. You see this drow moving around to the back of the cart and slaughtering one of his own. You see your two companions arguing about what to do with you. And you see Gref pick you up. You can't fly here. Every time you try and beat your wings, the ground stays stuck to your feet. And all around you, the strange sepia colour, the strange mist that is here. You hear the clicking of creatures making their way towards you. You hear the fizzing. You hear the roars of dark creatures that have never seen the light of day. And they seem to skitter towards you like you're a beacon. What do you want to do? Ron's going to reach behind his back for his gun. It's not there. He's going to start to look really panicked and then try to find a way to escape. Where are you going? You see one of these creatures that you hear clicking and clacking. Um, This creature has very long arms. They kind of initially look like knitting needles and then you realise, holy crap, there are its arms. You see it kind of delicate looking. It's got grey skin with purple blotches or patches. Um, It got a really big hook nose and huge eyes, huge black multifaceted eyes. And they're looking at you and they seem to be skittering towards you. There's a whole horde of them coming from the south. They seem to pass through the carriage in which the drow that you were trying to rescue slash kidnap was. Behind you, you see that there are things that look roughly, we know, dwarf-shaped, with green boiling skin. Okay, Haran's going to flee in the opposite direction from both of those. (laughs) (laughs) And try to fire behind him with his uh, handgun. You fly a um, bullets uh, behind you, and you hear the dwarf, uh, dwarven-looking creatures with uh, green, glowing, boiling skin. You hear one of them fizz and shriek in agony, but you hear the clicking and the clacking of the kind of uh, knitting needle-looking creatures getting much, much closer. You fire one shot, hear a scream. You fire another shot, you hear a scream. Somewhere in Ron's mind, somewhere in Ron's soul. He's going to know he's going to run out of bullets soon. He's going to run as fast as he can. You put up a good fight. You run until your legs feel exhausted. Some of the creatures have given up the chase, but one of them is very intently not. And it's not long. It could be long. It could be days, so far as you know in the stalking, but time seems to have no real relevance here. You could run all the way to Shulvana and things take half a second in the real world. Maybe it takes days. But eventually you run out of steam and you hear the creature behind you kind of like... getting louder and louder. And then they shout. Stop. I don't mean to kill you. It's just one? It's just one. Ron's going to continue moving, but like walking backwards, essentially. 
yeah. keeping their handgun uh, pointed at this thing. At this point, you're going to be empty. He's he's um, bluffing. Perfect. You see them. Uh, you see their arms. They're using as like <clears throat> uh, skittering walking devices. Um, you see their hands, kind of like on the on the grounds, making clicking noises. You decided to live in our plane. Stupid move. I decided to try to find a way back to the material plane so I can finish what I meant to do. You see it turn its head, and every time it does it, it clicks a little. You have hate in hearts, soul. An abundance of it. Tell me, what do you seek? Pain, suffering, and eventually death. For my entire clan that had me locked up for most of my life. Seems out of proportion. I am not one to let things slide by like that. I was not given a fair chance until I made my own way. Would you be interested in making your own unfair option for them? Aron tilts his head to the side slightly. I'm listening. It will cost you and be far, far more destructive than you imagine. You will not be any more at the end. But neither will they. I'm already dead. They're not. What more do I have to lose, right? (laughs) And you hear that, it echoes around. And you hear the click-clacking of many other of these creatures beginning to circle you. There's probably about seven or eight of them by now. The one that has been talking to you takes a few skittering steps forward and says... We warn you once, this is painful, this is destructive, this will end you, but destroy them. You will become as we. Do you accept? How much of me will still remain? They tip their head, and you see a couple of the others skitter forward. There is very little difference in any of them. Personality? Thoughts? They will exist with us. We all become a Ron. You become us. Fine. If it means getting back at them. They all skitter forward. It's not a painless dismemberment. They dig their arms into you and rip pieces of you apart. Your mechanical arm is busted and broken. Your chest is cracked apart. Pieces of your head are 
smashed and broken, broken into so many little pieces. And these little pieces are fired through the barriers between the worlds, between the planes. You see them fly out into the chest of your mother, your father. They fly into the chest of your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles and your cousins. You, your consciousness as a ruin, follows one shard into the chest of your sister. You are aware of her. You aren't aware of the others yet, but you're aware of her. You're aware of her breathing. And as she coughs a little bit, you feel the little shard that is you bury deep into her lungs and begin to scratch and break away, causing her to bleed slowly from the inside. You get to watch through her eyes and be the pain in her chest as she's tending to an old tabaxi account keeper in the capital of, of Kino. He tells her that there is a mechanical tiefling in Shilvana. And she coughs. My brother. And she coughs again. You are the cough that kills her. The final tale is that of our newest companion, a young changeling named Kaz. Living on the edge of their town, tending to the lichen and mushrooms that sustain them, on this day, we learn the reason that they left their home and their scramble to the surface. But what is it that they will glimpse as they flee? Below the earth dark between Discora and Kino, there is a network of tunnels that connect the two landmasses. Over the years, the tunnels have been collapsed to stop the two interacting, then dug out again to smuggle, and then collapsed, and then dug out again to smuggle. And this cycle of collapsing and digging out repeats fairly often over the next 5,000 years. Approximately five years before the beginning of the end of the world, the tunnels are still open. The nearby town of Zemez Tamsi is working hard. There are travellers and smugglers, well, technically smugglers, more accurately. They're passing through and trading goods from the surface in exchange for safe passage, a warm bed, and a little company in the month-long trip in the dark. But our tale doesn't begin there in that little town. Our tale begins a little bit out of town. In a sizable cavern with a passage that leads back to town and many smaller passages that lead to the lower depths of the earth dark, where the best light can grow, the cavern we find ourselves in has a modest-sized dwelling set amongst the fields of growing food, enough to allow the town to eat well even if the scavengers come up short. And amongst this growing, glowing field... Well, who are you playing this time? I am... uh playing Kaz, who presently appears as a uh, young human, um, probably in his late teens at this time in uh, time in the world. Yeah, I believe you're 18, 17, something like that. Um, if it's five years, then it'll be 17, yeah. Yeah, 17, 18, on the cusp, we'll put it on that. Uh, Kaz appears to be... Male, uh, with pale white skin, uh, messy, short brown hair that's kind of just going everywhere. Uh, dark brown eyes, a soft rounded nose, and thin lips. Um, roughly 5'6", looks to be skinny, but not, like, malnourished. Uh, yeah. 
currently wearing what looks to be very simple white and brown linen robes held around the waist by a green sash, which denotes their position in uh, society. Within this society, druids, clerics, paladins, all the such, are denoted as having received powers from the traveller. The traveller, the one that's protected their race for a very long time. They're often given positions of notoriety, of respect, of responsibility, of spiritual leadership. Because why else would the traveller bless them? But that's not quite the case for Kaz. They are in the fields working. For most changelings at 13 years of age, they begin to go through the changing At this point, they'll either hear the traveller or they won't. But for Kaz, something very different happened. Whose voice did you hear? Uh, Kaz heard the voice of Shantea, who is the goddess of uh, agriculture and nature. Indeed. Shantea gifted upon Kaz druidic powers kind of in exchange for occasionally doing their bidding. But that wasn't the only voice that Kaz heard. Kaz would often sometimes hear the voice of the traveller too. They didn't really make a big deal over the fact that they were both talking to Kaz, but they just didn't encourage them to openly talk about Chantia, nor did the traveller exactly dob in Kaz to the rest of the clan who would take the worshipping of any other god, especially from amongst their own, as a form of heresy. So for the last five years, Kaz has been hiding this. Probably also helps that they mostly work outside of the village where no sod is. So that's really good. Kaz and Chantia kind of chat a bit, don't they? Today is no different. So what are you up to? Uh, So Kaz is... In the uh, lichen fields out back of their home, uh, probably just tending to the various uh, growths that are taking place both on the ground and along the walls, uh, spreading probably like a watery mist so that it's just nice and damp and humid so that they can continue to grow. And uh, if they see any full-grown mushroom caps or any sort of uh, like mossy substance or anything that they would know would be edible, they'll probably start harvesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fairly respectable for any follower of Chanti. Um, Do you have time to talk today? Anyone around? Oh, um... I don't think so. It's just me. It's always just me. Can you take a perception check? Perception check, sure. Yes, please. Oh, that's a natural 20, then. That's a 27. Ah, dear. Okay, I'll bear that in mind. Okay, so there is something I need to talk to you about, and there's something that the Traveller needs to talk to you about. Yes, very important things. You're not both going to talk at once again, right? It gets very confusing. No, we learnt from last time. When we almost gave you a bit of a a panic attack. That will not be happening again. A bit of one? 
It was a full-blown panic attack. I had three voices, and I didn't know which one was mine anymore. Yes, and I'm really sorry about that. We all accept responsibility for that. We have a talking stick now. I'm sorry, you... It doesn't really matter, so... Okay. We need to discuss with you a, a little something. Something happened, and we both need to talk to you. Especially now that you are coming of age. You know, your majority is coming in. Yes, you are. A farmer growing all these... One they're wonderful mushrooms and grains. As you all know, they're all fine. Thank you. I try my You're best. Welcome. They are lovely. This is not on topic. Sorry. So. Something has happened on the surface. There's a god called Savras. Do you know of them? Would I know of them? You could roll a religion check. There have been many travellers slash smugglers. Um, many of them follow different religions and deities. Uh, uh, you'd be aware of them at least. Um, yeah, you know Ogmar is like someone who likes dusty scrolls, perhaps. Um, maybe they have something to do with futures and knowledge. Like, it's very vague for you. Wait, Ogmar or Savras? Uh, Savras. Okay. Savras is... Oh, Orbs. Yeah, you know something about orbs in the future. Um, it's also super vague. I know some a little bit from what I've heard from travelers. Not a lot. Okay, well, Savras sees into the future, and they had a big prophecy a little while ago, and most of the gods ignored him. Well, we didn't ignore him. We gave people... Yes, I know that we did, but other... I've explained. Stop, stop hugging it. So, we decided to listen to this prophecy, and it basically said that very dark and horrible things are happening, and that God will probably die, and we don't want this. This will be exceptionally bad for us and all of the races. <laughs> I imagine that Kaz was probably, like, in the midst of harvesting a mushroom cap, and then when it's like, and gods are probably going to die, probably slips and excellently, like, cuts his finger, and is like, ah! Mm. <laughs> They don't seem to have noticed. <laughs> Puts a finger in his mouth, is, starts sucking on this it. Is, this is fairly common when they're talking together. Uh, when they're alone, they often pay a little bit more attention to you, but they're clearly arguing over whatever talking stick they have. Um, I'm sorry, you said <laughs> gods die? Yes. Samaras is very concerned about gods dying and the such like. So we decided we'd pick champions to wield our might on the material plane to kind of stop this. And I was going to choose you and a few of the others from our town. And I was going to choose you and a... You just stole my idea. Yes, well, shush, 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 it's fine. So we are both hedging bets that you're going to be... Helping out. I'm calling in my favor, and I need you to uh, pay more attention to my teachings and maybe become my champion. Of course, that's entirely up to you, but you could also follow more devoutly the ways of the traveler, and I will pick up whatever magical mess she has left behind. I, um... At this point, 
your natural 20 picks up that there is someone who has approached down the um uh down the pathway that has come from where the village is there's someone coming hold on and Kaz is going to turn around and look to see who it might be there is um a fairly old looking um changeling they you probably stayed with them at one point during your quote unquote youth um where you were still learning about your powers and all this good stuff um maybe about a year at the most they were never the most trustworthy of people and they were always prying into other people's business um yeah they come wandering over to you and uh, they so what are you up to I'm just tending the fields as usual. Talking to yourself again? Well, it helps to pass the time. Ah. Who are you talking to? Traveller is talking to you, yes? Yes. Nobody else? No. Ah. I had bets that you were talking to the mushrooms. I mean... Clearly I'm wrong. I have someone gold. Damn it. Talking to mushrooms can help them grow, I have heard. Suck and singing. Have you tried the singing? I don't have a voice for singing. Perhaps if I was in a different form, but I like remaining as I did when I was youthful. You'll get over this in time. Changing your appearance and changing... It is who we are. The Traveller gave us these gifts. We should use them and not squander them. Anyway, I was sent here to actually ask something. Uh, mushrooms, can we take some? We have a new visitor coming tomorrow. Oh, um, I have a basket here with some that I was just harvesting. Um, just make sure to rinse them first. I uh, slipped at one point and may have bled a little bit onto one of them. Okay, bloody mushrooms. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, they pick up the basket, the one you were literally cutting all the mushrooms and the lichen into. Okay, I see you later. Come for more mushrooms for lichen. Um, okay. You should come back to the town. We are having new travelers. They are due tomorrow or perhaps day after. Uh, maybe I will come tomorrow then, but I'd like to keep tending my fields. <sighs> You're such a recluse. We worry, we worry. Anyway... And uh, they make their way out of the cabin. Well, that was super close. You two almost got me in trouble. You almost got... Okay, fine. We almost got you in trouble. But you were super diligent in keeping an eye on things, and that is absolutely wonderful. So, Kaz, as we were saying, we kind of need champions to run a few errands for us to make sure the world doesn't end. Um... But it does mean leaving this... It does mean... It means you're going to have to leave this field. I know, and it's so sad. He's... They've done excellent work on it. I don't want to leave my fields, though. I've put so much work in. Well, you don't have to decide right now. But things are... They're happening on the surface. Things we would like to stop. Yes, uh, but we could give them give them a few days at least. 
Yes, we could give them a few days. You can have a few days, but on your 18th, we would like you to leave. I don't know what I would do. I've never gone. I don't. Uh, you're stressing me out again. Embrace the change, my son. Embrace the chaos, you mean? Yes. <laughs> it's rather lovely. Uh, yes. No. Things come to an end and things grow out of death. It changes, you know that. That's why things that have degraded down make wonderful fertilizer. But I was taking root here. Yeah. And Kaz like kind of cracks a slight smile at that. <laughs> You're not the only one that can make plant references. <laughs> I see I'm growing on you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'll give you that one. Just that one. Okay, I guess we will leave now. Am I getting this right? Not is this you how one too. <laughs> Alright, we will leave this pun. Um, night comes fairly early in the morning. You hear a loud rapping at your door. There are two people fervently rapping as hard as they can. It's very panicked, and you hear two shouts of two voices that you recognize. Um, you hear one of them yell, Kaz, 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 please, you have to let us in. Please, you're in danger. Mm, oh, I'm, I'm coming. Hold on. Kaz quickly uh, gets up and puts on robes, ties the sash around, and shuffles over to the door. And just kind of opens it a crack. What? Barely oh. open it a crack, and the two of them push their way in. Oh, they are um, just straight in. Um, one of them looks absolutely terrified, and the other one looks a little dis, a little less terrified, but definitely concerned. Um, and the one that spoke previously says, "So, I think whatever secret you were keeping, whatever thing, I don't believe you have a big, uh, awful secret, but um, other people out there do, and they're coming for you." Oh. Well, clearly he has a secret. Clearly, look at them; they're out here, and the no, <sighs> they're coming to get you. Some of them think that you are some sort of weird heretic, and and I don't believe that. But some of them think you're maybe the saviour, and I definitely don't believe that. But they're coming to get you regardless. Who, Who's coming? Is the people that were coming the town. into town? Oh. No, the town itself. The, the, someone, someone found out they were digging into you and they looked into the things you were doing and they listened to you over and over and they caught something happening yesterday and... People have wondered for a while whether you're just a, a nutter out here on your own chatting to yourself or whoever it is you're chatting to. Well, whether it's the traveller or whether it's not, it's, yes, well, it doesn't matter what we believe. It matters what they believe. People en masse are idiots. Some of them are shouting that they should, they should tie you to a stake and burn you or just completely threw you out of the town to fend for yourself in the earth dark and others are trying to praise you for being a hero or something i i don't really know what the scriptures they're on about and then you hear it you hear the sound of many feet making their way towards you tramping through your fields 
as you kind of like get a glimpse out through a window, you can see a firelight and you can hear a lot of people screaming and yelling, trying to talk over each other. Some of them are in your favor and some of them are not. Okay, so first, who are these two people? These two people are, again, people you would kind of know roughly from your youth. Um, uh, the kind of uh, the shriller female one that seems to not believe anything that's going on, thinks you should just run. Um, she's an old friend. Um, she tends to, she started off as a female change, a uh, female human. Um, and she stayed mostly to that. Um, and her name is Elana. Okay. And the other one also started off as a, um, a female human, but, uh, they changed and have mostly, uh, favored the male gender. Okay. And they are called Victor. Victor? Yes. Okay. So it's probably worth mentioning now in in this little thing here for the listeners, Mm -hmm. the way we're doing the whole changeling thing and the way that it's kind of set up in lore and the way that we're running with it is that with the changing that happens at 13, your gender becomes a lot more fluid. But before that, you're generally whatever it was you were at birth. And then once you hit that changing, you kind of just can yeah, be you can, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's personal preference to each person. Yeah, sometimes there are favorite genders, sometimes there aren't. Um, but quite often here, like if you're in your changeling form, you refer to as they or them, or if you're in a particular um, mask uh, identity, you are whichever gender, or you could be completely genderless if that's what you decide your mask is. So Right. So with Kaz, fairly fluid down here. they kind of prefer being either he or they. It's more flexible for Kaz. Some people may yeah. prefer it one way or another, but it's one of those things where in society they respect each other with that. Yeah. Um, okay. So Kaz is going to look at the two of them wide-eyed and probably is hyperventilating a little bit. And then is no, just... No, 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 no. Um, you need to calm down. Calm down. Take a breath. We um, don't want you passing out again. Uh, okay. Um, you two need to leave before they find you here. Um... Oh, God. Oh, gods. Uh, okay. I would advise you not doing that. Don't don't say that. Um, I don't know if you're a savior or a heretic or some just very complicated changeling or whether you're just a nutter. Somewhere between all of those, I'm beginning to think. Uh, yes, I believe very much that. You should... I think you should leave. We can pretend to be you for a minute and, and confuse them. No, 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 no. You're, no, just go out. Go out the back. Figure a way to hide yourselves and leave. I'll, I'll figure something out. Um, I need to get my things. Okay. okay, okay. Um, and you see the pair of them look at each other, and they just grab you in a very quick hug before, like you're allowed to leave. Uh, <sighs> and then they make their way out the back. Thank you. Um. Bye. Good luck. Kaz is gonna like go into a whirlwind and start like grabbing whatever things they need, throwing it into a bag. You hear a breaking of a window when you're not even halfway through packing. And as one, the very only time they have ever (laughs) spoken at the same time, your two gods whisper in your ear, Run. Now. Okay. Um, Kaz, in a panic, is going to grab the bag with whatever's in there, 
hold it tightly against their chest, close their eyes, and then they begin to shift and morph. And there's probably a little bit of cracking sounds of like bones changing. And uh, in a matter of seconds, they are in the form of a uh, spider. Gross. I approve, but gross. Um, I'm not sure whether I should just kill you on the spot or not, but okay. (laughs) As a crazy little spider thing, you know where you're going. You know that above you in this cavern, there are some vents that... I say vents. There are additional tunnels um, that make their way through the earth dark. They're just above your cavern. Um, You skitter out as a spider. I'd like you to make a stealth roll, please, as to whether or not you're going to get shot at as you leave. All right, let's see. Stealth roll as a spider. I need to look up the spider stats. Because each animal form has different abilities. Oh, yes, they okay. Do. All right. Spiders actually have a pretty decent stealth roll. And by decent, Damn. I mean it's... Of course, because they're out of castle. Keep in mind, if you hit me, I only have one HP. <laughs> uh, 13 stealth. Okay. Spiders have as a plus you begin four. To, like, yeah, as you kind of like skit your way through the field and make your way up, uh, up the wall up to where you know the vents are, you hear, Who's over there? Look! It's climbing the wall! It's gotta be them! And they go chasing after you. But your climb speed, I assume, is fairly quick. Uh, yeah. It's 20 feet, and if I'm dashing, then it would be 40. Of course, because fuck you, spiders. Um, across the roof and into the ceiling. You hear a couple of them screaming and shouting below, um, calling for things to help out, yelling for the nearest druids to go after you. But you skitter away along these passages. You skitter for a long time. You hear um, your two gods whisper in your brain to keep moving. You have to keep moving. No matter what, don't look back. You have to keep moving. And I assume you do. You follow this tunnel above. You you haven't gone the full extent of this tunnel before. You've never needed to. Most of the lichen and, and the moss and all the such like are further down. Up here, there's virtually nothing. You do, however, occasionally skitter across some openings in the vent in this tunnel above, and it looks like it goes to the tunnel directly below you. You hear people running, and as you look down, as you skitter over, you see that there is a tiefling woman, a short drow male, and a goblin male who's covered in armour, but they're exceptionally bloodied. They're pushing the other two, urging them to go on, to get away from what's coming. And as you momentarily look down and continue watching them as they pass, you see a pair of orcs, a goliath, and a couple of drow, all covered in blood. They're all carrying things. Big, heavy things. They're not carrying much else. One of them is carrying a sword, and they are covered head to toe in blood, and they seem intent on chasing down the others. But you skitter on. It's nothing to do with you, right? Your gods tell you it's nothing to do with you. Eventually, the tunnel ends, and you have no choice but to drop down into the main tunnel below. Then you hear the loudest explosion you have ever heard in your life. The pressure wave, the sound, races down the tunnel. I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. Dexterity saving throw is a spider. Oh, that's definitely going to be tough. I'm a spooder. You're a spooder. (laughs) One HP. Um, all right, so I'm just going to roll a dex check as myself because it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, fine. 
Uh, it's a 16. You get knocked on your ass. The pressure wave from the explosion, which collapses the tunnel between the two continents, knocks you on your butt. It knocks you so hard on your butt, you're unconscious. Oh, well, I'm not a spider anymore. You're not a spider anymore. A little while later, you come to. It's darkness and it's very, very dusty in the air. It's very hot. As you begin making your way further down this tunnel, neither of the gods are responding to you. Maybe they're busy. Maybe they think you can walk a tunnel on your own. Either way. You begin to make your way upwards. It's the natural path of the tunnel. You know it would head towards the surface if you really thought about it. I need you to roll a perception check for me. Sure. This is going to be very difficult. 18. You hear a small thud land behind you. And half a moment later, you feel a sharp blade in the bottom of your back. You hear a voice say, What in God's name are you doing it in my mind? I'll answer if you remove your blade, please. I'll remove my blade once you have answered. I'm trying to get to the surface. Trying to leave. Trying to leave the earth, Dark? Yes. She pulls the blade away and she steps around you. You can see she's a a short-looking goblin. She has a red scarf around her throat. What language is she speaking? She is speaking in uh, uh, Kino Common. So you I, understand, but it's a little janky. Yeah, I imagine at this point in Kaz's life, Kaz is speaking Kino Common when hearing that it's Kino Common, but because it's an older dialect, it's probably a little yes. janky. Yeah, uh, janky is how you experience language for a little while. <laughs> you would know the base words for a lot of the things she's saying, but other than that, like some of the nuances, it's grammar, and, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tonal inflections. Uh, am I free to move or are you going to stab me again? Well, it entirely depends on what you're planning on doing on the surface. Things from the Earth Dark don't just crawl out of the Earth Dark. I don't know. I hadn't planned that far ahead. I kind of just went. Went? Went from what? Home. Oh. Are you... A runaway of sorts? I guess you could say that, yes. They put the dagger back in the holster. You're a goblin, yes? Yes, I'm I'm definitely a goblin. And who or... I don't think I'm rude. What are you? I'm... Well... Presently a human... Presently a human. Um, well, by all accounts, I should slaughter you where you stand. Uh, we uh, Humans aren't really allowed up in Kino. You'll have to... I know there are smuggling operations back and forth, but I... I as long as you are here, that's acceptable. But above ground, I will have to slaughter you. It is my sworn duty, I'm afraid. So it, this is the Kino side of things then, yes? Yes... Okay. 
a little bit of warning would have been nice. Kaz like just says kind of out loud <laughs> to other people. Uh-huh. And then yep. kind of tilts their head to the side and thinks it would be bad if I were attacked while I'm here. Hold on, then yeah. let me fix that. And Kaz is going to concentrate, kind of thinking to the various drow that have probably passed through the village over the years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, probably thinks back to one in particular that may have passed through that was a rather eccentric smuggler. Uh-huh, yeah. And uh, shapeshifts uh, shape into a drow. Yeah. Uh, also male in appearance, uh, dark purple skin, amber eyes, and long white hair that's pulled back into a ponytail with a mm-hmm. single streak of green in the bangs. Uh, large, long, sharp nose, somewhat pursed lips, probably like five foot-ish, uh, definitely very lithe for a drow. Mm-hmm. Currently still wearing the same attire, however, uh, I think I need new clothes. I'll have to fashion some. I... Well... Oh, I, I should change my voice, too. Um... um oh, Admiral sorry, has taken a me, few steps back. Give me one moment. I need to concentrate. I have to remember the voices. Um... And Kaz kind of, like, half closes their eyes and focuses for a second. I think I remember the voice of the drow I'd spoken with last was something like this, so that will... I think this will work. Their personality was a little bit more like this as well. Oh, my goodness. What do you think? <laughs> I think you look wonderfully like a drow, and 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 I... Well... Is this too I'm... much? No, this is this is this is fine. You could definitely blend in on the surface like this. I That's a relief, thank you. I would not uh What? She has her head tipped and she's trying to phrase things and I need to, I know I need to change my clothes, but that I can I can fashion something. I just need to I would recommend not doing that again on the surface. Uh at least not if you're seen. Oh. I I'm very sorry, but my brain immediately jumped to things I could use you for, and that is very rude of me. I'm sorry? Uh, how about I offer you some tea, a little food, and I get to know you a little, and I can fill you in on what's going on up here, and perhaps I could uh, offer you employment. How How does that sound? If you don't stab me and pretend to be me, I won't stab you and uh, and walk away. Uh, I would appreciate that. That's that's very kind of you. Um, is it all right if I heal myself? Um, you, I'm kind of bleeding right now. Yes, a oh. bloody awful explosion, I suppose. Okay, thank you. Come um, with me now. Um, what's your what's your name? Oh, um. I suppose I should use a different name then too, huh? Um Yes. I don't want to use the name of the person that I'm impersonating. Um Oh uh Um Let's go with Marrow Duskwalker? That sounds kind of drow, right? Marrow 
dusk walker. Yes, I think that works, right? Yes, right? I I think that would be perfect. Um, nice to meet you, Maru. I'm Adnalov. And she puts a hand out for you to shake. Um, pleasure's mine? Shakes the hand. <laughs> All right. Your dialect I is a little peculiar. I don't want to be rude, but so is yours. We'll fix that, don't we? We'll fix that. Deal. Right. Hi, everyone. It's V here. Uh, just want to say thank you for listening. I know this is a bit shorter than normal, but uh, I guess that's the way it goes when we have a couple of backstories and an end story. Uh, the end story was was hard and, and heavy, but I, I think good. And our two new kind of characters um one heading off to do his things and i will miss dming for travis a bit but we have archback woohoo who's playing kaz who runs by a different name we're never excited to tell their story oh they're so fun it's gonna be so good um yeah we just want to say thank you for listening if you want to go check out the website it should have kaz up there probably soon ish well when it goes onto the main feed um it will be up there at least anyway so yeah just want to say thank you for listening and have a good day bye Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.